This is the Sean Miller Podcast, presented by Deer Park Roofing. Now, here's your hosts, Paul Fritchner and Adam Baum. Welcome into episode 19 of the Sean Miller Podcast. Paul Fritchner, Adam Baum with you today. It's just the two of us, and we'll get to that in a minute. But before we start, we have to thank our sponsors, the presenting sponsor of the Sean Miller Podcast, Deer Park Roofing, as well as the official payroll sponsor of the Sean Miller Podcast, our friends at Payroll Partners. And as always, thanks to TGE Solar, all of you for helping make this possible. To start off the top, 10,000 subscribers for the Sean Miller podcast. Thank you. Wow. It's crazy. When we started this, we had, you know, goals, things that we wanted to accomplish and 10,000 subscribers in year one was not really on the radar. So I I don't think it was on the radar for either of us. We had a number much lower than that, that I think we were trying to manage our expectations for the year, but thanks to everybody that has subscribed so far, you can find us on all social media platforms at Sean Miller pod. You can find us on YouTube, which is where you're watching this right now. Make sure you go down and hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to this in audio form, a lot of you have already left a rating and a review all already, but just go ahead and and, and tap that rating. It helps us out, helps the algorithm out and all of that. But uh, like I said, it's just the two of us on the episode today. We had a podcast scheduled earlier this week with Sean and a guest, but uh, due to some scheduling conflicts, that wasn't able to happen. We're recording this on Saturday afternoon. The team has already left for Marquette. So just because of the travel schedule, the last couple of days coming off that Providence game on Wednesday, we just weren't able to reschedule and make it happen, but we didn't want to leave you hanging without an episode. And I think this gives us an opportunity, Adam, here in episode 19 of the show to talk a little bit about our background, where we have come from to get to this point in, yeah. in hosting the Sean Miller podcast. Who are these idiots? Who are these guys here? that are sitting up here and have been talking to us for the last three months? Um, because we put out and ask me anything on Twitter yesterday. And we asked for some questions and we're going to be getting to that at the second half of the show. So we had a ton of great questions in from everybody that uh, asking everything under the sun that you could want to know from us. So we're going to get to that, but we did have a question or two as to say, Hey, why don't you take a second and tell us about your guys's backgrounds and maybe where you got to. And I went back and realized that, you know, starting from episode one, if you are just listening to this, you might be wondering, why are these two guys hosting this show? Who are these guys? Adam, I'm going to start with you. Who are you? Who am I? That's a great question. That's a deep question, Paul. Um, we could devote a few weeks to that, and I don't know that we would ever get there. But no, I, I think like the way that this podcast came together, and, and, and I guess we'll get to that, it's just I feel, uh, I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be, Paul which is a reassuring place to be and, and a play like to feel that way feels really nice. But, you know, I'm a local guy, Cincinnati, born and raised West side, shout out Michael Witt. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, ever since I can remember, I've always been around sports. Uh, I started out playing them. And then at some point it became clear, like you got to stop playing these things. <laughs> and maybe that's not a decision that I made. Maybe it's a decision the world made for me, but Um, I got pretty lucky my senior year of high school. I took a journalism class and uh, the very next year I got a job at the Cincinnati Enquirer and I was basically just answering phones, taking box scores 
And slowly but surely over time, they let me start writing stories. Um, starting out, it was like stuff that no one else wanted to write. Like, you know, I'm not going to begrudge any, any local sports or area teams, but it was just like, Hey, no one else is going to do this. Do you want to do it? And I always said, yes. And, uh, and that sort of snowballed. I got some positive momentum, really fell in love with it. And then I got to start covering high school sports here in Cincinnati full time. I did that for about seven years. And then I got promoted to the Xavier Musketeers beat and my life forever changed because I got to meet Paul Fritchner and Mm. a fun story. My first year on the beat, Paul was still a student here. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this. The first game I ever covered was Musketeer Madness in this lanky, prepubescent looking. <laughs> I, I still am. 27, I still am. He comes up to me before the game and he's like, hey, are, are you Adam? And I was like, yeah, I'm Adam. And he was like, I'm Paul. I do some, you know, social media stuff. I'm studying you know, what broadcasting and sports communication management, yeah. I was doing PR, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked me to be in a video with you. We recorded it in the courtside club downstairs. So that was my first interaction with young Paul Fritchner. Oh man. I forgot all about that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I completely forgot yeah. about that. That was great. We were connected on day one here. That's right. Um, yeah. But so I got to cover the team for the Enquirer for five years. It was super rewarding. And then, you know, this past off season, a new career opportunity popped up and, and I felt like it was worth pursuing. So I left the newspaper and then, you know, a few months after that, this sort of popped onto my radar and I was like, what a great way to stay around the program and still be involved in sports. So it, it kind of worked out perfectly in my opinion, because here we are now we're sitting up here, we're 19 episodes in this yeah. thing. And I feel like we've created something really cool. So you spent 16 years at the Enquirer, 16. Right? I'm significantly older than Paul. Some people might be shocked to hear that, but yeah, <laughs> I got him by nine years. It is funny how many times I get asked, are you, you still a student? Are you graduated? <laughs> What's the situation here? I know I project that I'm, you know what, 18, 19, but I am 27. Yeah. Where everything's, everything's above board here. 27. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been great over these last few months and developing this. And when the idea was pitched to me and to say, Hey, Paul, we want you to come aboard. We want you to help host the Sean Miller podcast alongside Adam seeing the buy-in, you know, we've talked about this on other shows. I host a daily show called the rebound rundown. We did an episode back in November about that and kind of the background of this, but we've never really talked on this platform about the background of the Sean Miller podcast. And when the idea was pitched to me, one, to work alongside Sean and yourself, yeah. and then two, everybody behind the scenes that was supporting this. I mean, it was a no-brainer. And the other thing, too, was what it gave us the ability to do even outside of just coming in here once a week and recording the show, being able to cover the team, being able to travel, being able to get content, you know, do all those fun things that you were already doing and now doing it in a different media style. I mean, how have you liked that branching out? I know you want to... I know the writing is still kind of on the back burner and, and we hopefully have some more news about that soon. Yeah, that'd be good. But, uh, <laughs> but how is this, uh, this new media go, going in I front mean, of the camera, Ben? It's, it's definitely different. I don't know that I'll ever fully be comfortable with it. Like the way you are, because this is what you were brought up doing. You know, like I remember when during COVID, one of my favorite stories I ever got to write was when the, the Fox broadcast got canceled for a Xavier men's basketball game because of a COVID outbreak, literally like an hour before tip. Yeah. And I got to interview you about, you know, stepping in and Xavier putting on their own broadcast at the last minute. 
And I think like remembering that and talking to you about that and seeing how that unfolded, like you were, you were born for this. <laughs> whereas I was born to be like a byline, you know, like a, a name on a story. But I feel like it, it's very cool to venture into different areas that are yeah. maybe outside of your comfort zone. And you've been extremely helpful, help, you know, just making me more comfortable and, I think when I was, when I was writing, it would be like every once in a while I'd get to do like a TV interview or someone would have me on their podcast as a guest, but it's like every week we're sitting up here with Sean Miller and we're, <laughs> we're talking to him and it's, and it's, it's one of those things where I can talk to anyone, you know, I essentially made a career out of developing relationships and talking to people, but now it's like those conversations are, they're for an audience, sure, which is it's definitely different, something that I'm still sort of figuring it out, but it's been, uh, it's been cool to get to share this with you. And one of the best parts about working with you and doing this has been how easy it's been with Sean and you helping facilitate everything. I mean, you developed a great relationship with him last year in his first year back at Xavier and still writing for the Enquirer and what you guys would talk about after the game and everything like that and how much he trusted you now this year to be able to coordinate all these interviews and, and do things, which I know is stressful. Adam is the one behind the scenes doing a lot of the coordinating for times and schedules and interviews and everything like that. And Adam will come back into the office one day or he'll say, man, I spent this much time at Xavier trying to coordinate something and it fell through or, or whatever it might be. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it, it, it's been uh, it, going back to that story about the COVID broadcast and everything else. There have been so many benchmarks along the way of being around the biggies for myself and, and around Xavier and things that it, it feels like even at 27, I've been really, really fortunate and, I don't want to say lucky. I never like to use the word lucky. I hate that word because lucky implies that you were just maybe in the right place at the right time. But the way I see it, you work hard enough to put yourself in those positions, yeah. right? You're fortunate. That's what I like to say. I don't like to say lucky. I like to say fortunate because you work 16 years at the Enquirer to develop relationships and trust with people that when your time at the Enquirer finished, you had somebody behind the scenes, even outside of the sports industry, trust you and realize that we could put this product together yeah. and, and turn it into what it's become here in the last three or four months. Yeah. And honestly, the reason I brought up that story I wrote about you and Schmaltzy was because Schmaltz told me something when I interviewed him for that story and it was in reference to you. And it was like, you know, Paul, when he was a student here and Schmaltz has been around forever and he's been doing broadcasts and he's been around the program and he was basically like, yeah, Paul just started asking me to do stuff. And I thought that was a great, a great like indication of why you're here today is that you went out of your way to, to almost force yourself into yeah. this, to like seize opportunities that were only available to you because you were like willing to ask. Yeah. So I, I think that that was a cool thing to realize on my end. And honestly, that, that, that was a big reason why I was super excited about this. Cause I was like, Paul, Paul will work for this. He'll bleed for this. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So a, a little bit of background on me. I grew up in Northern Virginia, uh, not originally from here. I, I'm born and raised in Northern Virginia, about 15 miles outside of D.C. Uh, I grew up, though, with family here in Cincinnati. My entire mom's side of the family is from here in Cincinnati. So over winter break or Thanksgiving, Easter, summers, it was always 
going back to Cincinnati. I grew up on Skyline. I, I grew up on the whole deal. So while I, I didn't actually live in Cincinnati, I was very familiar with Cincinnati growing up. And over Christmas break, my, my grandma went to Edgecliff. So that was the women's college before it merged with Xavier when Xavier was still all male. My granddad went to Xavier, uh, graduated back in the 50s. Um, and my uncle, uh, who lives with us still now, has Down syndrome. So my granddad had season tickets. He had two season tickets. And over winter break, he would give his tickets to my dad and I, and we would take my Uncle Jim, and we'd just get a spare ticket for me. The ushers were super nice. I mean, I was, you know, however small I was, they'd just pull up an extra chair next to us. And we would sit down there uh, in the handicap section, right, right down, I don't know what section number it is, but Jim, diehard Xavier fan, uh, great so guy. I've got great, to meet great him. Great guy. Much. Uncle Jim is yeah. the best. Uncle Jim is the best. They still have season tickets. Um, the, my grandma and my grandpa have since passed away, but since college, I came to Xavier in 2015, uh, moved back. My family moved back here too. And then in 2019, I graduated from Xavier. Xavier was the only school I applied to. I looked at other schools. I knew I always wanted to go into broadcasting, but Xavier allowed me the opportunity to get in right away. You look at, you know, Syracuse, Northwestern, Missouri, a lot of these big prominent Arizona state, a lot of these prominent big uh, broadcasting schools, you got to wait your turn. You got to yeah. wait till you're a junior or a senior and maybe you get on the air. But at Xavier, I knew I was going to be the, I was going to have the opportunity right away. So by Labor Day of my freshman year, what, two, three weeks in, I got hired in the athletic department, uh, Patrick Dillon and Brendan Bergen, hired me here. And, uh, since then it's, I always joke that I just kept showing up and <laughs> nobody's ever changed the locks and uh, I just keep showing up around here. But and it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It really has it, in this very niche community of Xavier basketball. I have built something, uh, with everybody that listens to this and the rapport with the fans that come up, whether it's at a promotion in between timeouts. I mean, even doing the on-court MC thing, that was just, the marketing department asked for a fill-in this winter after I graduated. So the 1920 season, they were needing a, a, another person. And I just said, hey, you know, stick a microphone in front of my face. I'm probably going to find some words to say. They were like, we need a dude with an arm that can reach the upper deck <laughs> with the Joseph Auto Group ball toss. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and so now it's turned into into doing that and having fun during games. And, and from there, it spiraled into hosting this show four years later and, and the relationships I've developed around the big East. I mean, like I said, been super fortunate to do a lot of very, very cool things, cover the big East tournament, uh, at Madison square garden, you know, travel to the NCAA tournament, whether it's with Xavier or other teams representing the big East, I've been a, a, a lot of very, uh, interesting stories that you hear along the way. And, and now to be here sitting here doing this with you, I think hopefully that gives fans a little, background on us and where we've come from. Um, if, if people care to hear about us for the last 10 minutes, then hopefully that's enlightening to it. But again, a couple of guys that are very familiar here around Cincinnati and, uh, yep. you know, now, now I'm here just, we are. I'm, I'm in all of your success, Paul, like to overcome a peanut allergy at a young age, the way that you have, it's, it's honestly remarkable. Um, I'm just proud of you really. God gives his <laughs> hardest battles to his strongest warriors. <laughs> Peanut allergy. That's got to be up there on the list, right? Yeah, you've overcome a lot recently. I mean, if you guys don't follow Paul on social media, his poor car. It conked um, out. 
It died in the drive-thru after you had already ordered, right? Yeah. So you put in an order, you started to pull forward, and then the car died during peak lunch hour. Um, the manager was not happy with me. No. Not no. happy. But no. this is just a sign of, like, how well you handle adversity, and I'm, I'm honored to be up here with you. <laughs> Uh, one, one thing I, I do want to say about that too. Um, and you mentioned Mike Schmaltz and Mike Schmaltz has been a, a major, major factor in my career here at Xavier. He's a broadcaster that if you don't know, Mike, if you ever listened to a game, that's not men's basketball, Mike has broadcasted women's basketball here for over 20 years. He and I broadcast baseball together, men's and women's soccer volleyball, any sport. Now it's women's lacrosse too. If we, if we have the opportunity to do that, any sport that's not men's basketball, he and I have broadcasted together and we started broadcasting or I, I got on the air my spring of my freshman year and he and I, you know, since then. And that, that was one of the craziest experiences in my life. Were you, you were in the building. Were you allowed? Oh, yeah. You were in the building. I was that. allowed. I, yeah. I was in here. But. Yeah. Yeah. You were there. And, and, we got a call that the Fox truck had COVID and I was sitting there with Mike. We were one of the few people that were working that game. And, uh, it was in the first two or three games of the COVID season. Yeah. It was during that Xavier invitational that yep. they, that they hosted. I forget. It was like Toledo, Bradley, Bradley Oakland. and Oakland. Yep. Yeah. And I got a call and said, Hey, the, the Fox broadcast is canceled. And my job at the time was being, basically the liaison between the truck and the officials, the timeout coordinator, for those of you that know what that is. And I, uh, so I said, well, if there's no broadcast, do, do I even need to come? Do I need, but I was already a mile away. So I was like, well, I'm, I'll just show up and Hey, you know what? Maybe they need a broadcast. And I walked in, I said, Mike and I can do this. Yeah, we did, they on, did. on about 15 minutes notice. They got approval from the big East that we could broadcast that game. And it's a memory that no matter what happens throughout the rest of my broadcast career on a play by play side, you know, I I've been fortunate enough to, to do that. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, again, Mike, uh, Mike's a great guy, and I, I have a lot of, of thanks to to give him and that I owe to him. Shout out Schmaltzy. Everything's fine. Um, but also on, you know, a tangent from that is I wrote the story about this happening, and I got two of my favorite fans in Selden and Marianne, Paul's <laughs> parents. They, so, they're the best. <laughs> they are the best. Marianne is a dedicated reader, paper reader yep. of the Cincinnati Enquirer still every day. She always would. Baum, Baum wrote a great story today. And it'd be the best part was it'd be the printed edition that's like a day or two after yeah, the online Paul's edition. Like, Mom, She's going, Did you read this? I read it 48 hours ago. Wow. <laughs> Your mom's the same way, right? Oh, yeah. My mom loves it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, now I've I've had to sort of teach her about the podcast game and uh show her how YouTube works and how to listen to a podcast on Spotify. So that that's been an adventure and a journey in and of itself. Yeah. Um, Baum, just before we get to the AMA part of this podcast, I just, from your perspective now of where you were last season and covering the team with the Enquirer and now what we've done this season, I know it's very different seasons on the court, but just what we have seen, you know, you and I are, are privileged to be able to go to practice and we can't really talk about what we see in practice. That's part of you know, uh, us being allowed in the building is not being 
able to talk about it, but just from a general sense, you know, we're in the building every day. We see what these guys have to overcome from an adversity standpoint, how they practice versus then how they play. And, you know, I just love to hear your perspective on what this season has been like and some of these challenges that this team has overcome. Yeah, it's, it's almost, it's crazy to me how, how much can change in one year. And I know that like people are so sick of excuses, but in a way this team was snake bit in the summer. Like you lose Zach and Jerome and the whole, the whole picture of what this season could be, it instantly changes. Right. You know? So I think from my perspective last year, you had this, this lineup, like these seven guys, it was like, man, these guys are experienced. They've played together. They know how to really, the only guys that you mixed in last year were Sule and Dez and everyone else had great familiarity with each other. And then you had Sean in there and Sean has a plan how he wants to play. And it felt like last year the train got rolling and it never really stopped rolling this year. It has felt like the train never really got rolling because of some injuries and things that happened. And then it's like, okay, then you kind of got the train on the tracks and then it's been derailed and then it's been back on the tracks. (laughs) And now it's like, are they going to get it all the way back on the tracks? But I think to the player's credit, to the coaching staff's credit, they have not changed from day one. Like you, you can, to me coming to watching practice yesterday, Everyone in that gym out there, it felt like they still cared the same way they did yep. in August or September or October. And I, I think that's like, that's something that not all fans are privy to, but because a lot of fans, you know, you live and die with losses and you live and die with decisions that maybe happen at the end of a game or whatever. And you, you're so hung up on, on, on the end result. Yeah. And I get that. I understand that. But like, if you could see what they what they go through to try to win a basketball game, I think you would have a very different appreciation for even a close loss or losing by forty three at UConn. Like, yeah. it, you know, a, a lot goes into it that people don't get to see. I think to your point, that was the only thing I would really add to that is that it, from what you see and maybe what the fans listening to this don't see at practice it doesn't seem to me like this team has an attitude problem, right? Every day they bring it, they practice hard, they practice well, they buy in. It's just that a lot of these teams that they have run into just quite simply have been better teams on the court and have taken it to them night in and night out in a big East. And that's what you're going to run into when you're playing the reigning national champions and you're playing, you know, all these talented teams, Purdue, Houston, and the rest. Um, it's just kind of how it's broken down this season for Xavier. Yeah. And, you know, I think like one thing that that's going to be nice is like last year, I know Zach got hurt and, you know, that was a, a wrench that got thrown in sort of midway through the season. Jerome ends up coming in and playing really well in his place. But like for the most part, last year was the season where like, everything pretty much went according to plan with that being the one caveat this year has been a season where not a lot has gone according to plan. And, uh, I'd very much like to see a season in the near future where it's like, you don't have these, uh, these hiccups, these roadblocks that, that sort of hinder what you can be. So that'd be good to see. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, it's the AMA portion of Adam and Paul's podcast here on the Sean Miller podcast. We'll be right back. 
The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Deer Park Roofing, a company that's provided elite service for homes and businesses since 1996 and leads the industry in professionalism, quality, and responsiveness. Whether your needs are residential or commercial, like the outstanding work on the Cintas Center, the home of Xavier Basketball, Deer Park can handle any job and ensure it's done right. Deer Park's motto is protect what's important, and what's important to you is important to Deer Park Roofing. Visit DeerParkRoofing.com. Stop renting your power, own it. TGE Solar makes it easy to purchase solar panels for your home or business so you can take control of your monthly electricity bill and start saving today. They'll help you find the best solar system to meet your needs, and their expert in-house installation team makes the process seamless. They're proud to be based in Cincinnati, family-owned and operated by a Xavier alum. Mention this podcast and save $1,000. Visit TGESolar.com to request your free energy evaluation today. Welcome back to the Sean Miller podcast. It's time for the AMA ask me anything portion of the show. And to set the table for this segment, one of the most frequent questions that we got was on Sean's future here at Xavier. And all we can tell you is what we heard last week on the show last week on this podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that, you can. And just Sean talking about what he wants to do in building the future of this program. So that's all that we know. And that's all that we can tell you. But I just wanted to start this segment off by saying that since that was one of the most frequently asked things that we had uh, in our mentions, but I'm going to go through. Um, We had several questions asked about guests or future guests of the show and maybe some uh, logistical questions of what's going to happen. So I'm going to try and give as many username shout outs as I can, but since a lot of them were asked multiple times. <laughs> uh, we'll just go ahead and address them. I had uh, some questions on, like I said, guests. You know, who's your white whale guest? What kind of guests do you want to have on? Can you ever get Sean's dad on the show? We have tried desperately to get John Miller on the show. I'm holding out hope that that's going to happen. There's a plan. We have a plan in place, and uh, I'm confident that, that we can make it happen. Adam, uh, Matthew Clayton asked, who is your white whale guest? I, this is so interesting to me because like, I think everyone's probably going to have a different answer. Um, I, I think it, from my time covering the team and the people I got to interview and just purely who I found interesting, like, I think two Holloway is so interesting. I just think the, the way he thinks, the way he talks, the way he played basketball, I would love to to get him on a podcast with Sean. Yeah, I was going through trying to think of some of the people that are outside of the box and maybe outside of the Xavier universe, because I think within the Xavier universe, Two Holloway and David West are the two that frequently come to mind. And I feel pretty confident that at some point they're going to appear on the show. Now, as far as a white whale guest goes, I'd love to have them on in person yeah. because I think there is something that is lost in translation when you do it virtually. And that's just natural. That's just how it is when you're able to look somebody in the eye sitting here like we're doing right now. But if those guys are able to make it back to campus and we're able to record in person, those would be episodes that I think every Xavier fan would tune yeah. in immediately to listen. And to. I guess we could say like Xavier white whale and then non Xavier. White okay. Whale. So those would be, Probably my two answers, which I feel, like I said, I feel confident that at some point in some capacity, they will be on the show, uh, outside of Xavier, you know, that's, that's a good question. Uh, 
do you have do you have a thought? I mean, this is one that that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get Bill Raftery on. Yeah. You know, Bill was responsible for one of the most legendary college basketball calls, and it involved Sean Miller. Yeah. Well, so. I, yeah, I would say Bill and Jerome Lane. Yeah. Those two together to do an episode to put uh, all three of them on the same show would be, that's something that we've talked about too. Yeah. And hopefully we can make happen one day, but that is an episode that I'd love to do outside of just Xavier. But the possibilities are really endless because of everyone that Sean knows in the basketball community. Like yeah. you, you could go down the list of big time Arizona players, other active college basketball head coaches. Like those are all things that we're talking about and discussing. And, uh, and I think the off season, there's another question about this that I'm sure we'll get to like the off season is going to present some opportunities. Yeah. I think we can just go ahead and say it right now. We had a question in from Johnny, I believe about the off season and what that entails. We're going to be doing shows throughout the off season. We're, yeah. we're, we're still going to be doing year round. Episodes. This is a year round podcast. And to be honest, I think the off season might be even maybe more interesting than it is in the season because we're going to be able to coordinate schedules and it's going to be easier. And obviously you're going to have to work around recruiting and everything else, yep. but it's, it's going to be a lot easier to get some of these guys uh, on the show and, and do some of these guests that maybe are other coaches or yeah. people that just can't do it during the season. Yeah. And I think like to Sean's credit, he's appeared on, 17 of the 19 episodes that we've done and those have all basically been from from october during yep. the season um and so i think once the season ends the roster stuff happens like i think he's gonna be in a better place to actually like sit down and do a lot of these and uh and it'll be on us to to make them good yep uh Paula asks, not sure if you'll address this, but my conspiracy theory is the Big East made Xavier the sacrificial lamb versus Purdue and Houston instead of UConn, Marquette, or Creighton with a laughing emoji. Thoughts? Uh, obviously, one question that has come up a lot throughout the season, and Sean's talked a lot about the schedule, you know, those are games that were scheduled before Zach Fremantle and Jerome Hunter were hurt. Now, was I a little surprised that Xavier got Houston and Purdue? Are you thinking maybe that Xavier gets Houston and then Rutgers or you get Purdue and then I don't want to say TCU because they've already played TCU, but you know, a, a Kansas state or one of those instead of Purdue and Houston. And let, let's be honest. I, I understand how people feel about this, but like UConn, UConn had to go play at Kansas Marquette. Marquette had to go play in the Maui Invitational, and a lot of people said that it was the the best Maui Invitational field of all time. Like yep. those are all factors that go into play when I think you're trying to figure out <laughs> how to make these yeah. matchups work because it's not easy. Uh, Impractical X fan asks two questions. One, do you guys envision a Big East referee ever being a guest on the podcast? Dear God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I I don't think they'd be. I don't think so. Either. I don't think they'd be open to it just because like they have to deal with Sean for 40 minutes during a game. And I'm sure that's a terrifying prospect. If he gets him up here in a public platform where he can ask them anything and then that's going to live forever. I don't know that the, anyone's going to be. There's no enough. chance. Yeah. Now I would love to have them on. I have some <laughs> questions myself. Um, Everyone knows my thoughts on the referees. 
And I understand that it's a very difficult job. It's not easy. They're very well compensated for this. <laughs> and, uh, and that nothing, <laughs> you would like some <laughs> answers. <laughs> I enjoy nothing more than ragging on the officials. It's like, okay, you, you got paid handsomely to do this game. You're going to go somewhere and do a game tomorrow and get paid handsomely again. I will take whatever shots I can take at you on the internet. <laughs> so that's kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, he also wants to know why didn't they juggle little cuties brand Clementines and the manager's episode might've missed a sponsorship opportunity. Yeah. That was something that we did not know was going to happen. Isaac Feely, the manager who you saw who can juggle, he just went out of his way to bring six tennis balls up here. I think hoping that that was going to happen. But what I will say is, you know, I've given, I'm essentially like a cuties spokesperson. They have sent me free merch I would love to get them involved in the podcast, maybe for some sort of a sponsorship opportunity. I think that would, that would make me the happiest person in the world. And, uh, next time there's juggling, there will be cuties here. Cutie to be juggling. Uh, David asks if you could take one Xavier player from the past and place them on this year's roster, who would it be? And why I will not give the cop out answer of David West. I will yeah. go. I've had that same thought. Okay but I'm going to go Tyrone Hill. <laughs> I'm going to go the second most dominant big man that I can think of. David's obviously number one. Um, Tyrone Hill or Derek Strong probably like that. This team desperately needs like size and physicality and dudes that can score around the room. I'll go a little different. Okay. I'll go more modern. James Farr. Yeah. I think they could use a James Farr type on this team. Or even like I've talked to people about this. Do you want to know one of the reasons why Xavier was so tough last year? It's because they had a seven-footer that could shoot and could play defense and defend the rim, and that that changes your team so much. I know. Like at Kalkbrenner, you just pull him away from the basket. He has to come out and respect a seven-footer that can shoot the ball. Like, that'd be nice. All right. Three questions from Dan, and they're all great. Power ranked the three Xavier teams that made the Elite Eight. So that would have been uh, 2004, Four. 2008, and 2017. 2017. Power ranked the three Xavier teams that made the Elite Eight. This is this is like a Paul question, to be honest. Yeah, I I look back at that 2008 team that lost to UCLA, and just something really sticks out in my head because if you think back to the team that lost to Duke in 2004 it's like every every one of those teams had their special moments and they had what made them great obviously to be able to make it to uh the elite eight i would probably say the 2004 team i don't know if i would hmm. This is tough because you remember everything that happened down the stretch there, the run to then get into the elite eight. I really, really like that 2008 team that ended up losing to UCLA. I'm going to say 2008, 2017 with Trayvon and JP and the rest. And then 2004, with the caveat that I did not watch the 2004 run live. I have only ever seen it in the run documentary. So if there are older fans that are listening to this screaming at their car right now or pounding their computer screen as, uh, as you listen to me say that, that's probably how I'd go. 
The great thing about that question is you could drag Xavier fans in here and ask them and you'd get a lot of different answers. Yeah. Uh, number two, favorite Xavier game day uniforms. The running man's. Okay. The, the white running man, the white running man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I should have been yeah. more specific. Yeah. I'm not in the same way. Yeah. They're just too nice. I, I have a take though. The grace. I have a No, no, <laughs> not the grace, not the grace, not the grace. I have, a, I do have a take on the running man's though. And not, and this is not going to be a super popular take, but I have a take. I love the power X. And when they put like last year in the Big East Tournament Championship game, you know, the, the logo on the graphic on the on the TV on the Fox broadcast was the Running Man logo. There's something so cool to me about the X. I love the X. And the Running Man logo is great. And the uniforms are great. But, you know, when you go on the broadcast and you're turning on the game, I just, I love seeing the X. And to me, that that white Xavier, just the home white Xavier uniform with it. And, and it's kind of the same way where you look at, at the, uh, the court, you know, everybody wanted to talk about the, the skyline court and how cool that skyline court was. And then they went to the court that they have now. I, there's just something so sleek about the Navy blue border and the way that it's played now. But outside of that, our producer, Josh loves the, the black uniforms. We haven't seen those in a long time. When was the last time? I can't even remember. I feel when like the they last wore time. them on the road recently. Uh, how many hats does Adam Baum own? Yeah, I saw this question and I went out of my way not to wear a hat today. I wanted to throw off Dan, but <laughs> I have an absurd amount of hats. Um, I And my hats are broken into two categories. They're hats that I can sweat in and hats that I don't want to sweat in. Um, so I would say I probably have upwards of 50 to 75 hats. That is insane. And um, I look good in hats. I you know, can't deny that. Yeah, but I do have to protect this dome from the sun. The sun is making its return, <laughs> and you know, you could get a a roof also protects you from the sun. Shout out to your park roofing, and TGE Solar harnesses the power of the sun. Shout out TGE Solar. We're sitting under a Deer Park roof right now. Yeah, we are. Uh, if the Big East were to expand to sixteen, sixteen, sorry, the Big East were to expand to sixteen teams, which programs would each of you target? as additions. So the big East is at uh, 11 right now. You'd have to get five more. Who would it be? Geography is not a problem. No, no geography problems. Okay. I, maybe I'm unpopular in this, but like, I wouldn't add anyone. I like the true round Robin, but I understand the spirit of the question. And like, this is where college sports is headed. <clears throat> so I, I love that you threw this to me first. Um, you want me to go first? I can go first. Yeah, go I first. I have five. Okay. Okay. The caveat is you absolutely do not get rid of the double round robin because yeah. it is just such a, a, a purest form of basketball and everybody gets to play everybody twice. You get a chance at your arena and you get a chance at their arena and there is nothing better in the country than going to Madison Square Garden, having seen all of these teams twice and getting a chance at a third time at a neutral site in the best arena in the world. The way that it is currently constructed in the Big East is second to none, and the only way you add another team is if, one, somebody leaves, and you can keep the double round robin by just slotting another team in there, or you're able to somehow figure it out. The coaches are not going to want to give up two more non-conference games to go to 22. That's massive. So you keep it at where it is right now. 
where I would go five more teams. I would bring Syracuse back. I thought of them. I would bring Louisville into the fold. I would bring Notre Dame. I would bring Gonzaga and I would bring, I'm trying to think of one, one more, one more. Do you have, do you have any that maybe I'm forgetting? I mean, the ones I was thinking about were Syracuse, Notre Dame and Gonzaga. And I've never really got further than that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Four out of five. It's a tough, it's a tough, like, because I think about it from a standpoint of, you know, the matchups are really good right now in the big East rivalry type stuff. Like Syracuse would fit right into that. Would you go to a wake forest? Maybe. Something like that to so get get a Carolina involved. Yeah, that could be a good one. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I'm just I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here because you keep yeah. it where it is right now at 11. All right. We're going to keep moving on. Um, what time is too early to practice? I've not not within the last two years. So not Sean Miller, but I've been to a 7 a.m. Xavier practice before. Matthew asked that question. That's too early in my opinion. <laughs> uh, also, you could you could throw that question on its head and ask too late. I've been to some late Xavier practices too that have been the second practice of the night, if you catch my drift. Beans asks, what lifetime stats do you wish you could see? Clementine's consumed. Mm. That'd be a good one. Okay. Um, words written? Words written, that'd be a good golf balls lost and golf balls found. I'm, I'm so sick of losing golf balls, dude. I'm great at finding golf balls that aren't mine, though. Like, I'm elite at that. I'm so sick of it. I People want to give me, you know, brand new golf balls. You buy a new sleeve of golf balls. Oh. They're gone. Steps taken. You take a lot of steps. Total steps taken throughout your life. That'd be wild. I'd love a Skyline Coney's Consumed. Oh, yeah. I thought you might go that direction. I would love a Skyline Coney's Consumed. Paul eats more Skyline than anyone ever seen. Honestly, the only thing that's that's shocking to me is that your car died at Burger King and not Skyline. I know. If it would have died at Skyline, that would it would have been way more fitting than Burger King, in my opinion. I know. Uh, favorite Xavier player and favorite game that you've seen in person? So my answers are going to be way different than Paul's on this because this is my sixth year around the program. Um, what was it? Favorite Xavier favorite player. Favorite Xavier player and favorite game that you've seen in person. Favorite game that I've seen in person might be um, down in Charleston, Xavier mm. and UConn. That was a wild game. The other one that was really cool to me was Colby Jones's game winner against Providence. Yep. I love that one. And like an honorable mention one for me would be Kennesaw state. Cause I got to sit right next to Paul during that game. And he looked like he was, <laughs> he was on the verge of a panic attack for the whole game. And on top to make matters worse, he sat there and we were hearing the Kennesaw state fight song. And he's like, I will never get the, at the time it looked like Xavier was going to lose to be fair. But Paul was like, this song is going to haunt me forever. It had been so long since they'd been in the tournament. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at you going, is it over this fast? <laughs> you were on the 40 verge. minutes in. It's all of a sudden it's done. Yeah. It can't be. They figured and it, it almost out. was it until almost Jerome was. Hunter stepped up. Yeah. Uh, I would say my favorite Xavier player 
that I have seen. Hmm, that's that's tough. So I mean, maybe it's not one that I've seen, but the the person that I've interacted with, like who played here, who I just I can't get enough of is Romain Sato. Yeah. Like I, I think I've told this story before, but you know, I've interviewed him a few times. He's come back. Like the last time he was back, he brought his whole family and he introduced me to his whole family. And I was sitting down in the media room writing a story and I thought they had left. And he sent one of his daughters back in to give me like a Christmas card. It was like near the holidays. And I was just like, that's such a perfect Romain Sato. Yeah. Um, I'll go with JP. Maybe that's a cop out answer, but Jay, I mean, we were in school together at the same time. So kind of being around that whole vibe of that team and, uh, just how fun that whole, that whole group was, uh, favorite game that I've seen in person. I two stick out to me. One is the Kunkel buzzer beater during COVID just because of how Absurd. bizarre yeah. that's that whole. And if you want to go back and listen, we just had Adam Kunkel on the OKG podcast this past week. And he talked about that. And it's just such a bizarre scene with nobody in the stands, nobody in a tent and maybe, maybe a hundred people, yeah. but just how I, I remember after that game. And I said this on the show last week that I remember after that game, how somebody came up to me and said, that's a shot that would have lived in Xavier's history as an all-time moment in program history. And not that it isn't, not to take anything away from the shot, but having 10,000 people in here and what that would have been in as far as, you know, a shots that are replayed, I'm not sure how high that is on a lot of fans' list because you connect as a fan, you connect to those moments that you were there to see in person. And so many people couldn't experience that in person. They had to watch it on, on Fox or Fox sports one, whatever. And that was, was his first ever big East game. It was, he told us that. That's it crazy. Was. Uh, so I would say that. And then, and then obviously the Xavier Villanova, uh, number five, number one game back in 2016 there. It'll, it'll be hard it, for me as a freshman. I was a freshman that game. Um, I was sitting down on the court capturing video there's just nothing in my mind that, that it'll be very hard to come close to what that experience was like. Uh, Blue Demon Degenerate says, can you guys please say something nice about DePaul? Yes, I would love to. I have a, an affection for the people would always ask me, what's your favorite road trip in the big East? And I think like the common answers are New York and Milwaukee's really cool. I love going to Wintrust arena. I love the, the arena's awesome. There's, there's something about the fat, like where they sit us on the baseline, there's a student section right behind us and the student section's really funny. Like you can hear everything they say. It's great. Um, yeah. Shout out to Paul. My answer was also going to be Wintrust Arena. <laughs> Me and Paul played one on one on the Wintrust Arena floor, a floor after shoot around yeah. when we were up there a few weeks ago. Paul got me. Uh, Blue Demon Jijen, you have a beautiful, state of the art new arena that someday soon will hopefully be the home of a competitive basketball team in the Big East. It's coming, DePaul. It's coming. Uh. Baum, I don't think we have anything else that I'm missing here. And if I did, if I, if there are questions that I missed, I apologize. I tried to get to pretty much everything. Um, 
Baum, is there anything else that you feel like we haven't addressed questions we haven't gone to that you can remember? Uh, not really. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Josh, come over here. Come over here, Josh. We don't have a third microphone, but I'm going to have Josh get on camera because this is a man behind the scenes. So to paint the picture back in the first couple episodes, uh, it was just me editing things. Times were rough. Times were <laughs> rough around the Sean Miller podcast. And Adam and I went to uh, Anthony Breen, who we haven't talked about on the show, but yeah. Anthony is kind of the mastermind behind all of this. So uh, I'm very grateful to Anthony for giving me the opportunity for hiring me for this and to, to put a microphone in front of me and host this show. But I'm also thankful to Anthony for hiring Josh Semsrot behind me because Josh is a wizard. He does everything that you see on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all those, the, the video components, anything visually that I publish uh, and, and hit the send button on, it's Josh that's dropping it into the folder and giving it to me. So, Josh, uh, thank you. Here, take the microphone. Just say, oh, just uh, say. Th Thank you, guys. I mean, <laughs> just, just a little about me. I don't think I'll ever forget. Uh, it was Halloween night when Paul called me and explained what we were trying to do here what we needed from a video standpoint. And uh, I'll never forget, like, the look on my wife's face, just kind of like, is everything okay? And I'm like, <laughs> this this is it. This is, the, this is the project to be, like, in such a storied program, get to document some of the things that, that go on in this building uh, has been an indescribable experience. Yeah, so, and then we went right into Vegas. Yeah, we did. You got thrown <laughs> we into went the right fire. right to Vegas. What Paul didn't tell you when he called you that night was he had just spent the last 27 hours editing one video. <laughs> and now we brought in someone. And God bless Paul. He gave it a go. Um, he did his best. And he did a really good job. It was just like once you came on board, it's just been like rocket ship status. Hey, well, you guys make it easy. You guys do a great job. Uh, I mean, I know this guy's like the memory bank on him is crazy. Oh, yeah. Everything that you've covered over the years, you guys make it easy and super fun. Coming to work every day is a blast. Yeah. And I, I think like having Josh out here, I think it's a good place to, to wrap a bow on this. The fact that Paul said it at the beginning, we have 10,000 YouTube subscribers, you know. And I can't. Like that, that's just unfathomable yeah. to me. And this all started with an idea, and you think of all the little things along the way that have had to happen. Like, Sean had to be open to this. We needed someone like Paul in the mix who is, like, a badass broadcaster, knows podcasts in and out. We needed Josh involved. And then we needed, like, companies like Deer Park Roofing and TGE Solar and Payroll Partners to believe in us enough when we had no product to show them or sell them on. And they, they took a chance on us too. And we couldn't be more thankful for that. And I don't think uh, I'm going to get out of your guys way and let you wrap this. But <laughs> the one thing that like sticks out to me the most about just how the podcast has been received is the amount of Xavier students that I don't think you guys even know this, that once I get done shooting the game, I go back up to where we did the podcast pregame show and tear all that down. The amount of students that, thank us and love the podcast and even after losses uh that that means a great deal to me as the producer and it's just so cool to see how the students have embraced it and all the you know comments that we get when we do the pregame show that people come up to us it's 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 great to have the support of yeah, the Xavier community I couldn't agree more all right Josh we appreciate it Josh a Cincinnati guy himself he's from he's from the area been around the area 
West Side guy. West, West Side, side guy. Um, yeah, I mean, just just to wrap this up again. I mean, I, I appreciate you guys all giving me the opportunity, being able to be here, cover Xavier. Met my fiance here at Xavier. Everybody else that supported this uh, to get to this point, and it, it to me, it was an eight-year journey from when I was a freshman in 2015 to being here in 2023 when I was hired, and and now to to live this through. That I can only hope that the trajectory. Is still onward and upward. I've uh, talked to you here. about trajectory quite a bit, Paul. We know this. Adam, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, we've got, you know, knock on wood, we've got a banger week coming. We've got like some good stuff in the in the hopper on the way. Um, now we just we need to hope that there are no unexpected hurdles. Because as I've come to learn in this podcast business, like, you know, you can have a great plan. And sometimes, sometimes it falls out the window. I was telling Adam the other day, I spent the 2021 minor league season in double a for the double a team for the Orioles. And part of my job was coordinating interviews. Well, what you learn when you coordinate interviews is schedules can go awry and things can happen that maybe cause some people to, you know, have something come up and, and, uh, you know, whether it's games or practices or, whatever it is, stuff happens on schedules and that's just how it goes. And yeah, we are. I mean, currently my, my background wallpaper on my iPhone just says be optimistic. And that's been a product of trying to schedule this podcast. I need to remind myself. So, <laughs> well, uh, I, I want to again say thanks to our producer, Josh Semsrot, whether it's capturing the video in the huddles or everything else that Josh has done, he's helped make this podcast as great visually uh, as it has been. So thank you to Josh. Thank you to Anthony. Thanks to all our sponsors and everybody. And now at, at uh, however many minutes we are, we are into recording this. Thank you all for listening to episode 19 of the Sean Miller podcast. Hopefully it gave some good background on who we are, why you listen to this show, you know, trying to convey that it's a couple of guys that appreciate being around this community and love talking basketball. Yep. So thanks to everybody for listening to this show. Barring any setbacks and barring any more scheduling conflicts, we have a fantastic episode coming for you uh, next week, next, hopefully Monday, uh, as long as everything goes according to plan. This has been episode 19 of the Sean Miller podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Sean Miller podcast presented by Deer Park Roofing with your hosts, Paul Fritschner and Adam Bow. Join us again soon for another episode with the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Payroll Partners, where you're not just a number. That means providing a best-in-class HR and payroll experience that was built on award-winning technology and live support customer service with a dedicated payroll specialist who's just a phone call away. You shouldn't have to choose between technology and customer service. At Payroll Partners, you get both. Payroll Partners is locally owned and operated by a proud Xavier alum. Visit payrollpartners.net. That's payrollpartners.net. The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Deer Park Roofing, a company that's provided elite service for homes and businesses since 1996 and leads the industry in professionalism, quality, and responsiveness. Whether your needs are residential or commercial, like the outstanding work on the Cintas Center, the home of Xavier Basketball, Deer Park can handle any job and ensure it's done right. Deer Park's motto is protect what's important. 
and what's important to you is important to Deer Park Roofing. Visit DeerParkRoofing.com.